Hey, it's Jake here. Just a quick one before we get going with today's episode. On Monday, we welcome to High Performance Peter Attia, MD. He's just written a book called Outlive the Science and Art of Longevity. It's a New York Times number one bestseller already. And we discuss um, nutrition, we discuss techniques for optimizing exercise and sleep and for looking after your emotional and your mental health. And also making sure that you're doing the things today that means in the final few years of your life, you can do the things you want to do. It's a brilliant conversation, but if you'd rather not wait until Monday and hear it when everyone else hears it, then it's available right now. If you just download for free the High Performance app, just go to your app store, download High Performance, and make sure you use the code HPAPP for access. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey everyone, welcome along to the High Performance Podcast. I'm here with Professor Damien Hughes. Hi everyone. And what we thought we would do, because we'll, we've been going for how long? Three and a half years? Three Nearly years? four years now. Oh my goodness. So we've done over 200 episodes, um, as Damien says, four years of this podcast. So we thought we would just rewind really and go through a few of the biggest moments, the biggest names, the biggest lessons from the very start of the high performance journey. Now, if you've been listening since the very start and with us for the whole journey, I think you're really going to enjoy being reminded of some of those key moments. But equally, if you're totally new to high performance and you think, what's that about? Well, let us explain. Like, should we start with our why? like why we started this podcast. Yeah, I think it's a really important one. So it, the origins, I think, for people to understand is when we first met down at Norwich City and we both saw high performance in the same place, but from two very different angles. So your perspective came from the pit lane and the studio of Premier League football clubs, didn't it? It did. It came from spending time with really incredible elite individuals. And I used to get frustrated with seeing close up the hard work and the talent and the effort and the desire and the sacrifice. And then at the same time, seeing people in the media or fans on Twitter just caning and slating and criticising these people that are just literally trying their very best. And I thought, there's a real disconnect here. We need to try and understand high performers better. Why are we treating them in this way because I don't think it's healthy for us I don't think it's healthy for them and something needs to change so this podcast was about removing that opinion and trying to put empathy at the forefront I mean it has by the way in my mind changed quite a lot from just talking about the hard work and the effort and the talent and the sacrifice yep. to actually talking about the struggle and the doubt and the fears and the challenges 
But it's still the same thing. I want people to understand individuals better than ever before to find their own version of high performance because yeah. high performance isn't great achievement. High performance is probably great satisfaction. Yeah, definitely. Well, my perspective of it came from being around the dressing rooms and the gyms of high performers, whether that's in boxing or rugby league or rugby union or even Premier League football where I've worked. And what I wanted people to understand is exactly that point that you know we're not talking to football players we're talking to people who just happen to play football we're not talking to business leaders we're talking to people that just happen to run businesses and I think what I wanted to shine that light on was the human element of it and when we understand a human being as you say that's where connection happens and empathy can spring from and understanding and appreciation and that's what I consider to be the privilege of our position of doing this, Jake, but also for listeners to be able to get a bit closer to the people that they might see at the top of the podium and actually understand the journey it's taken to get there. And I think that's the key thing for you at home. Like we're not having conversations with high achievers so they can feel good about themselves and we can all pat each other on the back and say, wonderful, well done. The why for this podcast has become, what can it do for you listening to this at home? So it doesn't matter who is joining us on the podcast. What matters to us is the takeaways that you can get from it. So let's start by talking about Tyson Fury, for example. I think the reason why this is really valuable for people listening is that you assume once you've won multiple world titles, once you're a multimillionaire, once you're globally famous, all the crap stuff melts away and all that remains is happiness. The really strong message that came through in this conversation and actually repeats itself in many of our conversations is that moment never arrives. So we all need to reframe our thinking around happiness and stop delaying it. Yeah, so Tyson was a great example of it that he described to us really powerfully how the night he beat Vladimir Klitschko in 2015 to achieve his lifetime ambition of becoming the world heavyweight champion. He lay in bed that night and he said, there's nowhere left to go. I've conquered everything I ever wanted to achieve. But that was only a fleeting moment. And what followed from that was the sense of despair, the unhappiness and basically got himself into a position where he was driving his car at a motorway bridge, deciding that his life wasn't worth living. So you start to see that the view isn't always worth the climb if it's not accompanied by happiness, contentment and fulfilment along the way. Let's have a listen to a clip then from our conversation with Tyson Fury. With every big high, there's always an even bigger low for me. So this character will morph like a Power Ranger or a an anime character will morph into this this guy and then there's always massive lows afterwards, like big depressions and anxiety and everything after these big events. Even now? Even now, yeah. So after the Wembley fight, obviously it was the higher the highs, the lower the lows will always be for me. But I've figured out how to manage this over time. So what I like to do now is, I know it's coming after these big events, I'm going to be down. Most of the times I have suicidal thoughts, which is kind of crazy even to sit here and admit today that after these big events and these these big successes I'm like proper suicidal for a few days I mean to hear someone like Tyson speak to us so vulnerably and openly and honestly to me is a good indication of how we've changed as interviewers as well so if we go back to one of our early episodes where we interviewed Ant Middleton somebody that has achieved an awful lot in his career, being a member of the Special Forces, becoming a household name through his TV series. 
when we first interviewed him, I sometimes think of the parable of the wind and the sun. So that story when the sun and the wind were having a conversation about who could be the one to re to get a man to remove his coat. And the wind said, well, watch me, I'll blow really hard. And the more they blew and the more fiercer the wind became, the man just held his coat closer to him. It was the sun that said, let me shine on him. And just gradually he began to heat up and eventually the man removed his own coat himself. And I think it's a good example where if we would go after people, like a little bit we did, I think, with Ant Middleton, where we challenged him a bit more, we just couldn't, get into our heads how he said that he would only reveal 60% of who he really was to his wife and how he didn't trust anybody. We sort of were like the wind with him and the more we blew, the fiercer he became in defending his position. Whereas I think when we stopped trying to have an opinion and started to see people from the, through the lens of empathy, it's more like the sun. And like Tyson demonstrated there, they're more prepared to open up when they don't feel there's a judgment or some kind of statement or opinion that's going to follow and i think the thing that we're most proud of is that people feel that high performance is a safe space to come and be totally themselves you know we like a good example stephen hendry telling us that selfishness is one of his non-negotiables or that you wouldn't swap winning a world title to improve relationships in his personal life like what was his phrase i was put on the earth to you know to play snooker effectively yeah. like i just think that if someone says that, like that's what they believe and all we can do is provide a place, a non-judgmental place to have those conversations. Our role is not to decide good or evil, positive or negative, successful or failure. It's just literally to be the foil for these people. And do you remember on the same day that we interviewed Stephen Hendry, we had Johnny Wilkinson on the podcast. Yeah. And I honestly think that if we tried to be the wind and tried to impose our own thinking on Johnny... We would never have gone where we went to with him, which was to some absolutely remarkable places. And again, you have to applaud his bravery for wanting to talk in a way that he did. Well, what always gets me about Johnny, and we'll listen to a clip of him in a minute, is the fact that he came along and, like you say, he obviously felt safe enough to come and explore and be curious with some of these ideas and almost think out loud. But it was only after we'd finished recording that he asked us, please don't edit this to make me look silly. So he gave us his trust without demanding it up front. He came and demonstrated that trust is something that you can give and then it, it's not something that you have to earn. And I think the response from both of us and the rest of the team was that we wanted to treat that with the sensitivity and discretion and respect that it deserved. Here he is. I made an analogy that about how when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, you know, playing a World Cup final, that's important. And now, you know, the idea about doing the washing up would have been like, don't you dare. And now I'm like, I love doing the washing up. And he couldn't believe it. It was like, it's rubbish. I said, well, what is it you love about, what def, define being a triathlete to me? And he was saying about doing the run and then the swim and then the cycle or whatever. I said, okay, right now, break that down for me. What are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm moving my body to get to a goal. I said, right, what are you doing when you're doing the washing up? Moving my body to get to a goal. So why is one good and one's bad? Why because of you, outside opinions and influences, I suppose. Because you of would, old ideas that, would, yeah. that, that I've decided that this is something yeah. I like doing because I plug into this because this is what I enjoy doing. So all those, it's a really tricky one and there's obviously going to be likes and dislikes, but whether or not you fully yeah. engage comes down to how you are on the inside. Does that make lifting a World Cup more important than doing the washing up? No. What I loved about that conversation with Johnny is is a reminder that we're all on a journey. Yeah. 
you know, we're not fixed, right? There'll be people listening to this that go, well, but um, I'm an anxious person or I'm a negative person or I'm a stubborn person or I'm a positive person. Like, that's not how we're born, right? Society shapes us in certain ways and there are certain parts of our lives and the way we operate that we suppress because of society. And Johnny, for a long time, I think, suppressed this kind of thinking because he was seen as Johnny Wilkinson, the rugby player. And as he openly said to us, he chose the path of struggle, thinking it would lead to the moment of enlightenment and all that the path of struggle did was lead to even more struggle. So really, I would implore people, even if they've heard that conversation with Johnny before, to go back and listen again and just realise that nothing is fixed. Yeah, and if people want to almost see that in practice, go and then listen to the follow-up episode we did with him, which we recorded two years later, because Johnny even critiques his own interview that he did with us and talks about, I believed this then, but I now believe something else. And he's almost the, the epitome of everything that he preaches, which is be curious and keep exploring. I loved him. Who should we talk about next? I think the next episode we should talk about is somebody that reminds me of one of the classic experiments in psychology. There's, in the 1960s, there was two psychologists called Robert Rosenthal and Leona Jacobson. And they went into classrooms where they said they could predict using a simple psychometric test who the high performers were. And they did the studies, gave the names to the teachers, and at the end of the year, they came back and they effectively proved that their test worked. The ones they'd identified as high performers indeed were top of the class on all the measures they could possibly want to identify. It was then they revealed that they'd picked the names at random. And what they'd done was demonstrated how when you have a belief that somebody is a high performer, they tend to live up to it. You tend to look for opportunities to praise and recognise it. And... I think that's a really important thing to, it's called the Pygmalion effect after the famous George Bernard Shaw play. But I think the Pygmalion effect is in great evidence in some of our guests that people haven't necessarily heard from, but I've got examples of where somebody's believed in them at some stage in their life and they've blossomed and flourished. And the best example for me was Dame Stephanie Shirley. How often do you get the opportunity to sit down with somebody that is nearer the end than the beginning of their life, but they're still able to distill and share the wisdom, the lessons and the experiences they've learned in a true life worth living to tell us how they've flourished and how others can do so as well. She came over on the kinder transport. She then was fostered in the UK, set up a tech business, sold it for billions, gave lots of that money to the people that had run the business for her, who, by the way, were all women. She then was the first person to voluntarily fall out of the Sunday Times rich list for giving away her money to autism charities after having an autistic son. She is the most remarkable individual. Her name should trip off the tongue. Her name, by the way, is Stephanie, but she calls herself Steve because when she was making her mark in the world, nobody took women seriously. Let's hear a clip from Dame Stephanie Shirley, a.k.a. Steve, when she joined us on High Performance. Giles changed over a matter of days between being a, a calm, happy baby to being a wild, unmanageable toddler, hyperkinetic, totally unaware of danger, lost eye contact, and he went through what's called a regression and there are a few illnesses and things that have regression, and autism is one of them. I cracked up and had a good old-fashioned nervous breakdown, finished up in hospital. And because I was the carer for Giles, he also had to go to hospital. 
and he spent the next 13 years in mental health, an asylum really. It is the spiritual things in life that matter, friendship, music, literature, poetry, nature, friends, love. These are the things that really matter, all the non-material things. I mean, we had, um, we actually had a few guests, do you remember, from the BBC and watching that recording. Yeah. All of them emerged with tears in their eyes, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. I think her story can't fail to touch anyone that listens to it. I remember coming home that night and telling my 10-year-old daughter about Dame Stephanie Shirley, and she was equal, equally gripped at how she'd gone on to achieve what she'd done. And like you say, I think... She's somebody that's a great example. She might not, when you're scrolling through it, if you've never come to high performance before, you might not know who she is, so you might decide you'll skip that for a more well-known name. But sometimes it's when we go exploring those that we've never heard of that we find the real gold. And I, I love her approach to risk. What does she say? Risk is not as risky as it might seem. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, should we hear from Eddie Howe? I'd love to because I got a buzz out of this because sometimes we record these episodes and we put them out there into the world and don't necessarily always know how they land or what people do with them. We do get some incredibly kind and generous messages from our listeners, but the opportunity to go and interview somebody that is a listener to the podcast who told us how he's taken some of the lessons that he's learned on it and applied it when taking over one of the biggest football teams in England was incredibly humbling. Here he is, Eddie Howe. We're going to run through our quickfire questions. The three non-negotiable behaviours that you and the people around you have to buy into. Quite basic, if I can remember them. Bear in mind, I've presented this to my players. So I'll back your podcast. This was one of my first meetings I had with them. I, I recommended they listen to it. So I sat them down and said, high performance podcast, both your faces at the front. And I said, listen to this podcast. It's amazing. Um, and I said, they got this section on their three non-negotiable behaviours. And these are my three, so you understand me more. Always give your best. Very basic. Um, be willing to learn and improve. And put the interests of the team before your own personal interests. Did you ever ask for theirs? Well, Jacob Murphy, who listens to your podcast as well, um, he gave me his. Uh, don't ask me to remember them, but yes, they, a couple of them came back. Nice. What advice would you give to a teenage Eddie just starting out? I'm going to contradict myself with my answer here. So I would say back off yourself a little bit and enjoy it a bit more. Go easy on yourself. But as we said earlier, that's enabled me to get to this position, which when you consider where I was at 16, I would never have believed it possible what I've done in my life. So I'm not sure if that's the right advice, but almost along the way, just, just try and take it in and enjoy it a bit more. What do you think you could have got to the same place if you'd have been a little bit kinder? No. I honestly don't know. I've had to push and work and sacrifice to get here. And I don't think I could have done it another way. I mean, I, you know, when he says I wanted to come on the podcast and thank you for helping me when I was out of work or when we went to speak to Gareth Southgate, what did he say? Your podcast got me through lockdown. Yeah. I mean, it's a reminder that you know, everyone can grow at any time. You know, it's easy to think, well, Gareth Southgate's the England manager, Eddie Howe's the Newcastle boss. Surely these people can't grow closer towards high performance. But the truth is, we're all on a journey. 
And I think this podcast, if it stands for anything, it stands for reminding the audience that they should be lifelong learners. Definitely. And Eddie gave that great example on it where when he'd left Bournemouth, having got them in the Premier League, kept them there and then got them relegated, he took a year off and he decided it was going to be a full calendar 12-month period. And during that time, he recharged, he spent time with his family, but then he went back and revised his approach. He went back to challenge what he thought he knew, what did he need to get better at, how could he improve in other areas. And I think that's a lesson for all of us. This is a guy that most people would regard as one of the great of this generation of managers in soccer. But the fact that he's still prepared to invest in his own development says if he can do it, any of us can and hopefully the high performance podcast can be part of your diet of self-improvement and of course you can also download the high performance app for exclusive content from lots of these guests let's have um let's have someone else from the sporting world my former world christian horner ah brilliant so this one we went to the red bull team factory at milton Keynes, and you know it's very rare that someone in formula one gives you a full hour of their time because they've got so much going on um but it was an episode we recorded relatively early in the life of high performance yeah um but it was one where again like just asking christian to open up to share to talk about his struggles but to talk about his successes it just brought a really rounded view of a man that everyone seems to have an opinion of these days but listen to this episode and you'll hear the truth about that guy yeah i mean the fact that he was even telling us about the pearls of wisdom that his wife jerry halliwell shared with him i still quote the one of a pat on the back is only a few inches higher than a kick up the arse as one of the messages that jerry tells him on a regular basis to keep him grounded and not to get too carried away with the success but to me it was the fact that he was coming at a time when he was enduring his own struggles with uh, red bull so i know they've won uh, the last couple of uh, titles but at the time he was he was coming in the slipstream of mercedes and yet he was coming and he was equally prepared to talk about the lessons from those difficult years as much as the lessons he'd learned from when his drivers were standing on top of the podium here he is so what lesson would you have taken from the journey you've been on that you pass on to your children now then i think to not be afraid of chasing your dreams to not be afraid of shooting for the stars because you might land on the moon you get one life and you've got to go for it we're here for such a small percentage of time don't waste it go for it you know you whatever it is whatever gives you a passion in life chase it and don't wait because it might not you might not never get ever get the chance again so you've got to grab it embrace it and pick it up and run and 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 enjoy it that's the other thing i enjoy what i do i'm just fortunate i get paid for something that I enjoy doing. And I think if you're doing something just for the money, that's not right. That's, that's, you, you're never going to get the best out of something if it's just about the paycheck at the end of the month. You've got to love what you do. You've got to enjoy what you do. And then if you do that, you're going to do it a lot better. And that conversation about Formula One um, is Christian's take. We've also had George Russell on High Performance talking about life as a Formula One driver. I mean, the Toto Wolf episode is one that has, you know, like impacts people all the time. And actually, we've recently heard from the brilliant Fernando Alonso. This is a man that isn't prying to give in out interviews. And yet he sat down with us for an hour 
and shared the lessons that he's learned from quite humble origins in Spain to, again, the summit of Formula One. And he talks about preparation. I mean, I loved that conversation with him about preparing. And what is it we said? I, I wanted him to go really emotional when I said, so you're sitting on the start, finish straight. The lights are about to go out. It's the beginning of a Grand Prix. You put your visor down. What are you thinking? And he just went, robot. <laughs> I just yeah. thought, perfect. That is his version of high performance. Um, look, I really hope if you're new to the podcast, that was really helpful for you. Um, and if you listen to these regularly, I just think that's a great reminder that, you know, you can listen to an episode, take a lot from it, learn from it. But actually, sometimes the best thing is to go back and have a listen again, because you will be a different person to the person that listened to Johnny already or Stephanie or Christian or Tyson all those months ago. So maybe try that out. Go back, have another listen and see how you've changed. Yeah, because we certainly have changed on the journey that we've been on over the last 200 plus episodes. I think we started out, like I say, being quite, like think of it as that parable. We started out as being the wind, looking to challenge, looking to try and find out what was it that drove them. I think we're now aiming to be more like the sun and try and step into their world and see it from their perspective. And what we're finding is we tend to get richer information that comes back. Really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot, Damien. Thank you, Jake. And by the way, thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget, you can watch on YouTube. You can also download the High Performance app. See you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.